Hi there, this is Dennis Velko with Out Bureau. Thank you so much for tuning in to yet another episode of Out Bureau Voices, where we have engaging conversations with LGBTQ professionals, entrepreneurs, and community leaders from around the world. And today we're very happy to be uh, speaking with Max Appendorf. He is from Berlin, Germany, and is working in the diversity and inclusion space with a keen focus on issues related to the transgender community. Welcome to the show, Max. Thank you very much, and thank you for having me. Uh, well, absolutely. I cannot possibly uh, talk about what you do as well as you can. So how about you give us a brief overview of really kind of your journey as to mm -hmm. what got you started in working in diversity and inclusion, some of the issues and so forth that maybe sparked that uh, passion for you. And then we'll get into really what you're striving to do today. Yeah, sure. So um, yeah, again, thank you for having me on your show. And I'm really excited um, to, to talk about my work. And also because I, I know that this is like multiplying and people maybe hear about it and, you know, trigger it trigger it's going to trigger some processes and i'm very excited about that so i'm currently like i describe myself as a tra trans activist and uh, diversity consultant um parallel i'm just finishing up my phd in public health because this is where i where i came from i like i come from a research background um and that also somehow has you know brought me to to the work that i'm doing today that i that i that I feel like, you know, um, there needs to be much, much more work be done around gender diversity. Like I identify as trans myself. I usually say that like at birth, like someone made a little mistake and like ticked the wrong box of like female. And I've corrected that over the past few years in a way that it feels right and good to me. And um, because like based on my personal experiences, you know, like I have, I have felt or like I still feel what it's like um, to not be accepted for who I am. Even, you know, living in Germany, which has always been seen as like this liberal country and with all these possibilities and specifically, you know, like coming from a public health background, everyone thinks like Germany is so great in terms of, you know, healthcare. And I say, you know, like at the moment with this, like, or you know, um, having having a pandemic in the world, like Germany will be fine. Like if I have to go to the hospital, I'm good. But like in general, the system fails my needs and it, it fails to to treat me, um, you know, as someone who like falls outside of the norm, whatever the norm is. But like, and this is what I want to do with my work to kind of, you know, like break the, you know, the barriers or like the the edges of the norm in order to make to make it more accessible and more open to everybody. Because I also say with the work that I'm doing, it's not only helping the trans community or gender diverse people in general, it helps everyone, you know, like looking outside of the boxes and looking left and right every now and then. This just opens up a way for everyone um, with new possibilities and new options and to live, you know, like freely and, and, and without any like restriction. Uh, <clears throat> well, I can definitely see the need for it. Um, actually, about maybe six, eight months ago, um, I wrote an article about studies even um, here in the U.S. showing how uh, LGBT community and especially those in the trans community, but the full LGBT community really do have a difficult time accessing quality health care where they feel safe. Yeah. Um, even, you know, even without the added um, issues of, uh, you know, gender variant folks to have 
uh, even as a gay person, finding a doctor, you know, because not everyone lives in even in the U.S. where you think, you know, like I live in Fort Lauderdale and you think, oh, my gosh, it's a gay Mecca of the U.S. It's neck and neck with San Francisco as the gayest place yeah. in, in the U.S. But still, there's, you know, not all doctors are up to speed on chatting with them. And so it's a real issue in the community as a whole to find doctors like when you move from one city to the next you know what's one of the first things that people do is they ask everyone that they know you know who are Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah what doctors do you go to and yeah. so forth versus just taking taking the chance so i can definitely see in a in a system where maybe doctors are assigned versus less less choice and so forth that that can be a big issue but yeah but that's Sorry. Yeah, but sorry yeah, for interrupting. But, yeah, no worries. Well, let, <laughs> let's let's kind of unpack a little bit about what you mm -hmm. uh, very quickly said there, and you you said you come from a background in research. So, what kind of research yeah. did or do you focus on? So, I mean, my research is actually um, on the access to healthcare for trans people, with a specific focus on uh, sexual health and HIV and HIV prevention. Or HIV care and HIV prevention, um, because as I said, like you know, the experiences that I that I made, as, and you just said, like with the choice, like in, even in Berlin, I live in the capital of Germany, like the biggest city in Germany. I don't have a choice of doctors where where I can go to because like there is a lack of knowledge. There is a huge gap of like you know that I that I I didn't study medicine, but I know better what happens inside my body than most doctors do, and I need to go if I go somewhere to get care. I need to explain to them, okay. I am a trans person. I use these hormones and this and this and that is happening in my body. And this is what you need to take into consideration. And that doesn't feel right. And this is, you know, with the work that I'm doing and like specifically the research is like generating knowledge, generating critical knowledge from a trans perspective, as well as then going into care facilities um, and um, medical institutions, doctors, offices, and so on, and giving them education about like, not necessarily how many milligrams of uh, testosterone I need, but like at the same time, like, more how to respectfully approach my community, how to talk to us, how to make a gender inclusive environment or how to create a gender inclusive environment. This is the work that I'm doing. And I've started, you know, like with, as I said, care facilities and, um, and, and, and doctor uh, medical facilities in general. And have now also been invited to, um, sorry, a little visitor <laughs> living, living with cats. Sorry. Well, well, wait now. Now, okay. Well, the next time they pop up, at next least time, turn, I'll, I'll, turn their face around and make an introduction. <laughs> I'll make an introduction. Like she's, she's now sitting here on the desk and I can just say like, hello, this is, this is little Dörte. Hello. Oh, well, hello, she's, hello. She's a, She's a cutie. Um, so, um, like I've started, as I said, in in medical, um, like in the medical environment in general, in order to make these places more accessible to my community. But I've now now also been approached by um, by companies that are like, okay, we need to do like companies in like in like pharma companies, for example, um, or like you know generally like companies that are like okay we, we see that there is a need to change something about what we've been doing so far and we also need to transport a message out there like how diverse maybe our like company already is but we don't know how because like also german is a very gendered language mm -hmm. and you always need to figure out you know how to represent yourself and what to include how to how to you how to speak to people in like on your website and so on um and that is what i've also started uh, to do in order to make these spaces more accessible um, or like to have them show what 
what what's behind that company, but at the same time also to tell them what they can do to improve the environment to make it more um, comfortable for trans people to actually work there. Understand. And yes, we when we first spoke, we had that uh, conversation about language, and yeah. you know, as, as for English speaking people. Um, especially for those who've never studied a foreign language, it might seem odd that, you know, nouns and verbs and so forth, they're, 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 they're either masculine or feminine in exactly. most like, romantic just imagine, languages. Yeah. Just and, imagine, you know, the table is like, is like, like it's, it's a he, it's like, you know, it's a masculine thing or the door is a she and it's like, it's just, it, who knows why, but uh, <laughs> right. that's just how it is. Right. Someone thousands of years ago or, you know, made choices to call a tape, you know, yeah. uh, identify a table as masculine. That's and yeah. like you said, at a door, it, it's just it's just it's odd from an English speaking perspective that yeah. that that is an issue. And of course, also what that complicates things is based on the the. Um, the gender of the word of the table, you also have to then conjugate it differently. Exactly. Uh, mein Freund, meine Freundin, and you exactly. would think, yeah, it's it's it, it it's complicated, and and so so it's very interesting how that can even play a role in how someone feels um, about themselves because of the words, even that aren't necessarily directly related to them but it's yeah. the the language itself is set up to be exactly. more or less binary i mean i keep saying that you know like language shapes reality and the language that that we use really you know influences the way how we experience ourselves and how we experience our environment and the problem you know again with you know for example in in Maybe some of you know, maybe some of you don't know, but for example, um, in the English language, if you if you don't identify with like he or she, if you prefer to use any other pronoun, um, like the, the plural pronoun of they is often being used. That for example, like if you don't know about a person, like the person at the other side of the street, they look nice. If you don't want to call them a he or she, it's like a neutral version of like how to address someone. We don't have that in German because like the the plural form, uh, like they is trans, is like if it's, it's exactly the same word as she just with a capital with a capital s sometimes written it's like um, you only see the, the difference sometimes when it's written but the sound is is the same and it's like you know it, it it's a problem um, that because we we then started to have something like a mix of he she that you say like he she very quickly like one after another like the german version of it obviously but like it doesn't like phonetically it always feels weird or it doesn't sound right Right. And, um, oh, and still I still totally, trying to figure out options that and, are appropriate. And I totally get that. Having lived in Germany and having learned German, although I am a bit rusty now, um, I, I totally get that because Germans love in the his, in the past love to take two completely odd words, put them <laughs> together, and now they mean this. And yeah, but a, that's a different that's a different story about, no yeah, it we, is we're but, good at like lining up words one after another to create a new word we, we're good at this <laughs> yeah and um 
you know, as a young, you know, military uh, person who was stationed in Germany, of course, you know, some of the first words you learn in a foreign language are, you know, the curse words. Yeah, and so, yeah. you know, I learned Schweinehund. So Schweinehund is Schwein is pig. Hund is dog, pig dog. Yeah. Well, that means not what it sounds like. So um, it was very interesting to to learn the language. And, and, you know, again, because I have learned German, I can totally relate with what you're saying. And I think really for our audience out there, anyone who, who has or, or knows another language or so forth can identify with that. I think it's just going to be possibly for, you know, people who are English speaking, who have never been exposed to foreign languages and so forth, you know, might find that like, you know, oh, interesting, odd. Yeah. You know, I didn't know that. So hopefully someone or someone or several folks out there uh, just became aware of that. Um, so, um, so now you are, if I'm not mistaken, you're in the process of forming your own uh, company to focus on diversity exactly. and inclusion. Yeah. And so uh, tell us a little bit about that and, and your journey. And, you know, what, when was your aha moment that you went from kind of that, that research and or maybe working for someone else and, you know, thought, oh, no, I really need to focus on this and here and here's why. And mm -hmm. I think I can do something with this. I mean, it, it has, let's say like it has, it has two different, different perspectives. Like the one perspective is that um, I see an increasing interest in gender diversity in general, that I'm being approached by, by different, you know, like different people who are like, Hey, I've heard about your work. Can you come to us and do the same? Like, do, can you have a look at my company? Can you have a look at my, you know, uh, whatever physiotherapy office? Um, and can you tell me what can I do to improve the situation? Like, what can I do to be more inclusive of trans people? That is like the one part that I see, as I said, the increasing interest and also, you know, like people hear about trans people and they don't really like it's, it's sometimes it's even weird that people don't even know who we are or what we are, because like it's often conflated or like put into the like into the box of sexuality that people think the way I am, who I am is like a, a fetish or, a, you know, like a sexual desire, which I'm like, no, my identity is the feeling towards myself and how like my sexuality is the feeling towards others. And this is even like the basics some people don't understand. Um, and if we're getting beyond, you know, like the basic part, like this is something that we that I usually take off very quickly that I give people explanations with, you know, my personal experiences, which also makes them relate to it not as a theoretical thing but like to make it like to relate to me as a human being and to see that my experience is something that is not just something you know like abstract that they don't understand and can't follow because like i tell them and this and this and that is what happened this is the experience that i had in this and that day in xyz uh, environment and people understand that this is a real lived experience and i think this is also what makes it um, so valuable for a lot of people or to understand it better um, than just you know like reading about it in a book um and the other part is also for me that i um 
it was like now seven years ago, um, I had a, I had a, like a so-called adrenal burnout. That means like my adrenal glands were just like completely exhausted from all the stress that I had in my life. It was the time when I went through my legal gender recognition here in Germany, which was one of the worst processes I ever endured. And my body just told me, no, you just need to shut down. You just need to relax and you just need to, you know, regain strength. Yeah. And, and that's of- a forcible situation, right? I mean, with, it's, with it's a, with it was a forced situation. Issue. It was a forced situation that I that I had to take measures in order to protect myself, to protect my life, because I my body told me what you're doing right now. This is not sustainable. And ever since that time, I have started to implement self care measures into my daily life. But that means, you know, like I go to I regularly, I go to see a therapist, like to help me to cope with like different situations, to reflect on situations. I do a lot of sports. Um, I, you know, I do specific things, just like spending time with myself and focusing and caring for myself. The problem with that is that takes time. And working, you know, like as an employee in a, in, you know, in whatever company, like we have average working hours of 40 hours a week, that doesn't work. You know, like it's something that is, that, that, there's no time for like before or after work like if you work full-time it's really hard to fit that into your into your daily life and I know that this is for like the like the situation for a lot of trans people and this is why I decided for myself I can't work in these normal or normative structures I need to you know create a structure for myself as a self-employed person on the other hand you know that brings its own risks being self-employed not having a background that you know supports you whenever you're sick or whatever but at the same time i can like i'm my own boss and i can determine the time myself and i can take especially you know a lot of trans people as i said need these like self-care measures or need more time to cope with difficult situations in life because we also experience more difficulties than like cis people and um and that was one like the other part of the decision why i said like okay i need to i need to do that and i i mean i still work probably more than 40 hours a week but i can do this at whatever day and times i want to do this and not from nine to five um and yeah right yes i i totally understand and there's definitely been a theme within my interviews of talking about self-care and actually just recently um uh, released an episode uh, with a British uh, fella, and uh, he had a similar situation where he had burnout uh, due to just overworking, overcompensating in work, and kind of mm-hmm. you know constantly trying to strive to fit into the the norms and the expectations of others versus focusing on his own health, his own success, his own happiness as he defines it. And I think that's really important for everyone to to hear uh, because as LGBTQ folks, we we have a tremendous more amount of societal pressures from a young age all the way growing up. whether trans or you know we're, just, we're being questioned all the time we're being questioned all the time and we need to you know we need to give proof all the time that we are you know like valid that we belong that we you know this is something that we have to do on a con, con, constant basis and i'm hoping that with the work that i'm doing and trying to create work environments that are maybe aware of that it's not only about trans issues but it's also about like you know people with with other diff, like with other needs whatever that is is like either living you know like caring 
caring for children, living with a chronic disease, living with a disability, living, you know, with whatever other trauma pe people bring, like everyone brings their own little package. And like trying with the trainings that I give is trying to make empl employers aware of these things and what they can what they can do to make life a little bit easier or like okay even just okay for people to talk about these issues to be like okay listen sorry but I need to leave early today because I have this important appointment that I need to do for myself I need to take care of myself uh, in order to be back here at my desk tomorrow in the morning and this is something you know the added value that empl employers might actually understand or like hopefully will understand in the future that if they give people the option um, to have, you know, like extra hours a week where they, that, that are dedicated just for self-care or for, you know, like something like to, 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 to empower the people um, again, that this in the end will also have a benefit for the company and for like, you know, the work environment in, in, in its whole picture. Well, I definitely agree with you. And, you know, because if you don't take care of yourself and you're not fully charged and you don't feel safe at work, you know, you're not going to be giving your full self. You're not going no, you're to be not, You giving, can't strive, you know. Right. And also you're going to be, again, if you're, if you're not in a welcoming and safe space, you're not giving your full effort and your full creativity. And study after study shows that when an employer does embrace diversity and inclusion to its fullest, they actually improve their financial bottom line by on average 30%. That's huge. Yeah. And so being adaptive and, and, you know, maybe one of the good things perhaps out of this uh, COVID a global pandemic is companies realizing, uh, major companies are realizing that allowing employees to work from home um, is beneficial. And when working from home, having that flexible schedule, whether they work from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. or whether they work from 6 a.m. to 3, or maybe they take a couple hours during the day yeah. and and work a little bit later at night or even if they so choose work on the weekend but still maintain a healthy balance in their work life structure to ensure that they have their their own uh time i mean like i mean I, that I, is important yeah i mean like to keep the hours like you know that you don't increase the hours because you see the like you know if you bring work back home and this is also something that i that I had to learn and I'm still learning to deal with it because, you know, you all, like you always see your workplace, like, you know, certain trades, they can bring work back home because like, if I, I'm actually like, I'm a trained carpenter and I could not bring, you know, like whatever big chunk of wood back home and just be like, Oh yeah, do this on my couch in the evening. Like that doesn't work. But like the work that I'm doing today, I see my computer, I see my desk whenever I walk around the flat, you know, whenever I walk in my living room, because my, my, my desk is in my living room. And um, this is something that you need to be careful that you're not like, oh, I'm going to quickly check my emails because they are there. You know, this is something to be mindful and to really also like keep the boundaries of like working hours uh, where they should be in order not to overwork. Because this is, I think, what happens at the moment a lot. And also we're in a lockdown. Like what else is there to do? Of course, I work, you know, because I, I can't do much else. Right. And, uh, and and being an entrepreneur, boy, it's it's never ending. There's um, always work to do. Yeah. Yeah. I myself uh, work 10 to 16 hours a day, seven days a week. Yeah. Um, but I have a goal 
And until I reach that goal and can hire staff to take some of the work that I already can put off to someone else uh, is, you know, I just feel, well, it's got to get done. And, you know, who else is going to do it? I like to joke with, I joke with people and I say, you know, well, because of this pandemic, uh the the factory for clones is behind schedule so my three clones that i have ordered uh is not is not yet arrived <laughs> they're not delivering yet <laughs> unfortunately but but uh so one of the things that i do um uh every day is i walk 4 miles which is about an hour and a half for me in walking and um for me it, it's um self reflective time when i'm mm-hmm. getting out i'm getting fresh air getting a bit of exercise, although boy, with this pandemic, as have I put on a few pounds, I need to lose big time. Uh, but I find too, that whenever I do that is, um, and again, it's every day, but when I'm on my walk, sometimes I'm just saying hello to the neighborhood dogs and throwing a ball with them every now and then. But, um, I will sometimes be thinking about even my work or problems that I'm having or an article that I want to write or even technical issues. And while I'm sitting at my desk here at my laptop, you know, it, it, uh, everything's kind of bombarding me in my brain. But whenever I then, but I'll take a break and go, okay, I'm a little bit mentally overwhelmed right now. Uh, so I go for my walk and I do that at mornings afternoons evenings i have no set schedule for it but but it happens every day but whenever i do do it is i will often think about uh like again like a technical problem for the website and then on the walk boom a solution comes to my brain and i come back and something that i was struggling on for several hours uh like all morning all of a sudden i come i think about the potential solution come back implement that and it's like whoa it works yay you know and so it allows that time you know to kind of uh marinate the the thoughts and so there's so there's many benefits to it it's not and and i like to uh tell people too um i i have uh some some new neighbors and of course i work from home and so i'll even just be sitting outside in my uh you know in a a lace chair in a chair and you know, getting a little bit of sun, but I'm actually thinking about my work, <laughs> and it's so funny. So uh, I've had I've I joke with them. I say it might not look like I'm working, but I am. <laughs> yeah, but but that is but that is exactly the point. You know, where we come back to what we were talking about before is like a change of perspectives. It's like sometimes you just really, and if it's just a physical change of perspectives that you go to the other side of the room that you work from the couch or from the you know kitchen table instead of from your desk you know like sometimes that already can help and that is the same what i tried telling um companies and 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 the places where i go to to deliver my workshops is like sometimes you just need to have a different perspective uh, perspective and someone coming from the queer community or like specifically trans people like the, the, the perspective that i have on life on people on society on you know ideas like because i had to think around so many corners so many times in my life so i know how it is and how to look from the different perspectives and that is a value that i bring to the place where i work for and this is something that needs to be embraced and this is also you know like not only trans people but like as i said queer people or people in general from marginalized communities that have different, you know, 
different views on society because they they look sometimes they have to look up at people because they're being put down in this in this you know in a situation where they where they're being made inferior it's like already that is a different perspective but that is also like that can change because like from everything that you experience and what you have to fight for that gives you you know that gives you experience and um and to bring that into a company is something that should be that should be valued and that should be also seen as an opportunity um to often you know think outside of the box and like i mean who else can do that uh, if if not if not queer people well absolutely and again for everyone listening out there study after study shows that when you do do this uh, your company can benefit as much as 30% financial gain. So it's not only creating an incredible workspace, but you can financially benefit too. That's a great two, uh, one-two punch, right? So well, I mean, like it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be like certainly companies shouldn't shouldn't be doing this only for the money. They should be doing it because it's also you know ethically the right thing, and it's also you know it's society is changing. Society is just you know it's changing all the time. We're evolving ever since you know humankind has been has been there. Like change is happening, and you can either stem yourself against this change, and you will just you know like eventually will be left behind and like stand on the same spot that where you are today, or you're actually going like okay. I'll I'll have to admit, even if I don't share these values right now, but maybe it's okay to actually look, change the perspective and look at what other people are experiencing or what is going on. Um, and to give, you know, like I don't I don't even tell people, you know, like just because I'm trans and because the way I identify, I'm not taking anything away from anyone. You know, I'm not taking away like manhood, womanhood, whatever that is. Like I I have no idea what these concepts are. I like it doesn't work for me, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't work for other people and that's okay. And I accept that. That's perfectly fine, but the same way I want to be accepted for who I am and just that people understand that I'm not a threat to anyone. It's just, you know, an addition to what is already existing. And trans people have existed for hundreds, thousands, millions of years. You know, we've always been there. It may be that we appear to become more visible right now. But at the same time, you know, it's just part of a change that is continuously happening. And it's just like, you know, why not embracing it and saying like, cool, great addition. We're, we, it's just, we, we're just getting more and more. We're just taking more space altogether. And that's fine. Yeah. And, um, well, and that is where I, where I'm going, you know, like that that you cannot you cannot stop this change because it will happen no matter if you're on board or not. But I just encourage people to to get on board, and even if you know have no idea right now, get the information. You know, there's more people like me that give these trainings that give you know like education and ideas of you know who my community is and what our needs and concerns are, and um, just you know education education wins all the time i would say well ab absolutely and you know and it's even and i'll be very you know open um here too is that even even within the lgbt community um you know education is very key and you know like i i myself have not had the experiences yet with people to use those other pronouns you know, to call to call an individual like while we're just sitting here right now, it, 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 like if you prefer to be called they, to me that's a little not that's un, that's foreign. You know, to call yep. a single person in a plural pronoun is just not a common yet thing, and yep. so 
But having the dialogues, having the conversations is what be- makes it become a normal habit and a, you know, a, a normal. You will get used to it. You will. I mean, there's, I don't know. You, you, do you know the, like the, the four, four phases of learning? Do you know that, that concept? Well, let's share it. So, um, I mean, there's this thing of like the, the, like the first phase is that you don't know what you don't know. So you ha- you're completely unaware, like the, the unknown and un- like the unknown uh, lack of knowledge, basically. Like from there, someone comes in and tells you, oh, there is something that you don't know. So you become, you, you know what you don't know, like the, the conscious unknown. And that will then, you know, eventually if you're then, okay, I understand. I don't, I didn't know what these pronouns are, but thanks for ex- for explaining. And then you try to learn more about it and to implement it in your daily life. And uh, then you you have the, you know, like the conscious knowledge that you know, you have the knowledge that you just gained and you're aware of it. And that will then in the fourth phase actually go into the to the unconscious knowledge. What I, for example, the, ex- the example that I brought earlier to say like, you see a person on the street instead of, because like it's a person with a, with a coat, with a hat and a beard. So you would probably think that person from stereotypical assumptions, it, it's a man. So you would refer to that person as a he, but because you don't know if that person actually identifies as a he, you would then instead say like, oh, that person over there um, with the code, they look nice. That you automatically, without thinking about it, that you automatically refer to people unless you know better that they identify as he, that you f- first identify them as they, because you don't know whether or not he or she. So this is something that happens that then subconsciously or, you know, or unconsciously that you automatically automatically do that, that you implement the knowledge into, you know, like subconscious or unconscious um, uh, actions. Right. And Does I, that and, make sense? Oh, oh, well, absolutely. And f- for, uh, for everyone out there, it's, it's like driving a car, right? First, mm-hmm. you don't know how to drive a car. Second, you start learning how to drive a car and it's a little difficult at first. I first learned on a stick shift, which made it even more complicated. And and my my father teaching me how to drive with a stick shift was extremely impatient. So it was a difficult learning experience, got yelled at a lot. And, um, but then you start to practice it. You put that knowledge of learning into practice. And then all of a sudden, before you realize it, you're driving down the road and you you don't even remember how you got from point A to point B because you- Things you, happen automatically, yeah. Exactly. So, so taking it outside of the pronoun world <laughs> so that people can kind of yeah. understand, you do this all the time. It's just, yeah. this is something new and but it relates to uh numerous countless situations in your life where you learned new things uh so i appreciate you expounding upon that um so um what's going on in in the world i'm throwing a little bit of a uh maybe a left field here but um what's going on in the world for you um in and around perhaps the transgender community that is um new exciting different um or anything that you would like to possibly share um i would say 
you know, there is a few things happening right now. It's like, I would say like in general, as I said earlier, you know, the, the, the interest in gender diversity um, is growing. Like there is stuff like it's, it's, it's happening that people are actually like, oh, we have missed out on a few opportunities to include you. We, you have, you, the community have made us aware about that. And now we want to do the right thing. This is something that I experienced that I, that I think that there in, in a lot of ways and also with the, like I, I work also for an um, international NGO called GATE, Global Action for Trans Equality. And I'm specifically like working with the trans masculine and non-binary group to increase, you know, um, like to be seen in HIV research and HIV prevention. And what we do is like we reach out to funders, to researchers and be like, listen, hey, you forgot us. You made a great study, but we're not in it. And people are like, oh, wow. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for pointing that out. What can we do? to change that in the future. Like this is something that I experienced that there's a lot of willingness on the one side and open like openness to towards the you know the topics of my community. And at the same time like what we're seeing right now is that there is a backlash. Like in certain countries like countries have rolled back on um, trans um, supportive laws that you know like gender like in some countries um, for example like Hungary where gender recognition was legal they have revoked that right. Um, we see also like in Germany, for example, regarding healthcare again, um, they have just reintroduced a measure called the everyday uh, experience. That means like you have to prove for a certain period of time that you're trans before you can access hormones. That this is actually something, you know, that puts people in danger if they are, you know, like not out at, at work, for example, but they have to prove that they're trans and so on, they might lose their job um, in order to actually get gender affirming care. And it's just like this whole crap wow. that is happening. And um, and also specifically, you know, like during during the pandemic, like COVID has made the situation of trans people worldwide even harder. It's like, again, you know, access to healthcare, access to services, you know, like community groups that are not happening, which are sometimes the only place for trans people to socialize with other people. They're not happening. Of course, it happens virtually, but we all know how exhausting that is to sit in front of in front of a computer all day um, and not to meet up physically with people and um, and those are just a few examples uh, that are that are like very problematic um, but I still you know I'm still looking with a positive positive tone um, into the future and it's mm -hmm. also with the work that I'm doing I have just recently published a book about uh, healthcare for trans people in in german and there will be next uh, like in the next year like early 2021 um there will be an international version of this book coming out uh with like different perspectives like from different countries like a, like a literal global perspective on trans health and um i'm also going to publish a children's book about uh, a transitioning parent like a story being told like a story about the transition um, told from the eyes of a child, how a child actually experiences the transition of their parent. And um, that is something that I'm personally excited about. And that's, uh, yeah, that's happening soon. Very cool. Well, I, I look forward to staying um, in touch with you and having you back to talk about of those things. Well, although I know you mentioned not everyone wants to be online. Um, however, I'd like to make, make sure that you're aware and our audience aware um, that Out Bureau is where you belong. And 
we we have a group for uh, transgender people wanting to uh, trans people and those seeking to gain additional knowledge. Um, it is called Trans Action. The name could be changed in the future. Um, and actually, we we uh, now it, it only has a few people in it now, uh, as of right now in December 2020. But would love for you and everyone uh, listening to this at whatever time um, in um, uh, you are listening to this to join Out Bureau. And if you are trans or just would like to show your support for the community, get to know more, get to know people, and so forth. You don't have to be trans to join that particular group, like any group on outbureau.com, um, but uh, would love for all of all of you to join, share knowledge, uh, connect up with each other. Great opportunity to uh, connect with others from around the world. Um, so matter of fact, there's a person in Germany um, who was the first person in the group and is not in a major city and is desperately looking for people to communicate with who understand her. Um, so uh, very exciting. And just yesterday, uh, had a um, a trans male person who's working on innovative um, prosthetics for the community, for the specifically trans male community, um, actually agreed to become the moderator of the group. So, cool. uh, so well, the owner of the group, and then I'll maintain help you know as needed but uh, just from a technical perspective uh, so it is a group now that is owned and moderated by a trans person uh, no longer just me and so also just so that you know if there's any group on on out bureau that i have initially started it's just you know someone has to start something so people see the potential uh, but just know if there is um a group already that exists um i'm more than happy to turn it over to someone else because out bureau is a community site and i want others to uh have ownership of of it and uh you know take the reins and so forth i can only do so much <laughs> well super well it has been absolutely fantastic learning a little bit more about what you're doing um, i personally love that you're focusing or at least a portion of what you're doing is focusing on the um, health industry i uh, that yeah. is, is just absolutely so needed um you don't have to be a rocket scientist to know that that that's extremely needed no. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so, I mean like, there's anything, anything I can do to make my, like, literally to make my community survive. This is, this is what I'm doing. And I'm, I'm lucky, you know, like I'm lucky to be in the position of calling myself a trans activist. Um, and everything that I do is, you know, you can put it into the box of activism. Um, and that I finally have a chance to live from that type of work. And I just encourage anyone like who, who, like if you take trans people on board and even if it's just like getting some information, getting some expertise from our community, please pay our community like a decent amount for the knowledge that we have, because like there is no bachelor or master degree in being trans, but like the experiences that I've gained 
throughout my life as a trans person is as valid as whatever certificate anyone can put on your table. So um, this needs to be also valued, you know, like the knowledge that we have, the community knowledge um, as an expertise. And um, I can just, you know, like something that we need. We need support. We need allies. We need people, you know, like like you, Dennis, who who, who help us to to get a voice, to get people hear our stories. And um, and yeah, thanks for for the opportunity and thanks for for having me. Well, absolutely. And we'll be working together and as a community to not just survive, yet thrive and grow. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, absolutely. well, th thank you so much for joining me today. It's absolutely been a pleasure. Thanks so much. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for uh, staying with us to the end of this episode. Uh, if you happen to be viewing this on YouTube, please go ahead and hit that subscribe button down below and click that bell. That bell will ensure that when you pop open YouTube, uh, eating your popcorn and drinking your hot chocolate at night, that you will be notified of all future episodes as they become available. If you are listening to this on one of the 14 podcasting apps, be sure also to hit that follow again for the same reasons. Also, by the time you're airing this, you can watch us on Happy TV. You can find that at gethappy.tv. That is G-E-T-H-A-P-P-I dot TV. Tune in to watch episodes on Get Happy TV with your friends. Thank you so much. This is Dennis Falco with Out Bureau. Join us today at outbureau.com. Well, thank you. Bye-bye.